Hello, hello. I'm Lori Alvarez, and I welcome you to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. This is where I will share my story, knowledge, wisdom, and the legacy in real estate, and my family, all boldly wrapped up in one with you. So let's get started. Well, I am just so excited today because we, we all know generally my sister, my beautiful sister, Amy Cruz, would be here with us as my co-host. And instead, we have Amanda in the background holding down the fort. And we have an amazing guest speaker on today. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to share a little bit about how amazing he is. And then I'm going to let him come on and share all the rest of the details. But I'm going to first and foremost, I'm going to start with, of course, an author. He's an author of the book, Sustainable Excellence. And there is so much in that you're going to want to dive deep into that. And he's going to talk about that through the podcast conversation that we're going to have right now. And of course, an international guest and speaker on motivation, which leads us to his website, Motivation Checked. You have to see that, right? And then, and then there's all this other amazing stuff he has overcome or is currently walking through and learned from. And the story he wants to set forward today with us is inspiring people to lead uncommon lives. Terry Tucker, thank you so much for joining us and being our guest. Well, thanks for having me, Lori. I'm looking forward to talking with you. I am so excited. I mean, I'm going to tell you, everyone right now, if you're not following him on IG, he's on IG. And what really touched my heart is the post of you with your daughter when you said, I've got my prosthetic leg and I'm going to walk my girl down the aisle. I got to tell you, I was touched, touched by that. Um, I, being a, a daughter and a, being a daddy's girl, right? <laughs> um, just that touched my heart. Like it was so beautiful. So, I mean, tell us everything you've accomplished because there's so much more that I haven't shared. Please share it forward. Set away, oh, put away all that humility. Let's hear it. Okay. So I was born and raised on the South side of Chicago. I am the oldest of three boys. You cannot tell this from looking at me or from my voice, but I'm six foot eight inches tall and I played college <laughs> basketball as we were talking before uh, oh my gosh. at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. I have a brother who's six foot seven, who was a pitcher for the University of Notre Dame. Another brother who was six foot six, who was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the National Basketball Association. And then my dad was six five. So I sort of joke that if you sat behind our family in church growing up, there wasn't a prayers chance you were going to see anything that was going on. But our five foot eight inch mother was always the boss. Didn't matter how big, tall, strong we were. Whatever mom said, that's the way it went. So I graduated uh, from the Citadel. I moved home to find a job. I was all set to make my mark on the world with my newly obtained business administration degree. And I look back now and realize how little I knew about business. Fortunately, I found that first job in the corporate headquarters in the marketing department of Wendy's International, the hamburger chain. Unfortunately, I ended up living with my parents for the next three and a half years as I helped my mom care for my father and my grandmother, who were both dying of different forms of cancer. Professionally, as I said, started out uh, in marketing with Wendy's. Then I moved to hospital administration. And then I made a major pivot in my life and became a police officer for uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. 
I was an undercover narcotics investigator for a while. I was a SWAT team hostage negotiator. Then I started my own school security consulting business, coached girls high school basketball, um, wrote the book in 2020. Uh, but for the last 10 years, I've been dealing with a rare form of cancer, a rare form of melanoma. And then I guess finally to round it out, my wife and I have been married for 28 years. We have one child, a daughter, who's a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy and is an officer in the new branch of the military, the Space Force. Wow. Wow. So I'm a, my father is from the, my father is obviously he was in the Air Force. So awesome. Like, I love that. Yeah. And I'm a mama of four boys who I thought were all huge over six, three. And now I'm like, gosh, that's nothing compared to what your family was, you know, and my hubby is five, eight. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. I just, I just love, love it. I, I can, I can only imagine what the energy was like within your house. And I, what I really, I've got to say, what I really love is that you've had the opportunity to reinvent yourself over and over again. Like, and you've had so many obstacles that would have normally defeated someone. And yet, because of the four truths that you've applied to your life, you've moved that forward. Tell us what those four truths are and how that has applied to you personally. Sure. So the, the four truths are really things that I've come to, to understand over really these last 10 years. I, one of them I kind of started to understand when I was younger, but over these last 10 years of dealing with cancer, and I call them sort of the bedrock of my soul. They're just a good place to, to, to build a life off of. And I, I call them my four truths, but they're, they're not mine. I don't own them. I don't think you can own a truth, but I have them on a post-it note right here in, in my office. I see them every day. They're constantly reinforced. They're one sentence each. So the first one is you need to control your mind or your mind is going to control you. And when I was 15 years old, when I was in high school, I ended up having three knee surgeries. And I remember when I went back playing basketball, my brain was putting all kinds of negative thoughts into my mind. You know, things like, hey, you're probably a step slower. College coaches aren't going to be interested in recruiting you. And I remember thinking, no, wait a minute. I'm still playing at an elite level and coaches are still reaching out to me. And so I needed to change the narrative. I needed to flip the switch into something more positive. And on any given day, I, I've read all kinds of articles that we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts that pass through our mind every day, many of which we don't even pay attention to. But your mind can hold one thought at a time. Why would you want to make that a negative thought? So that's the first truth, controlling your mind. The second truth is embracing the pain and the difficulty that we all experience in life and using that pain and difficulty to make us stronger and more determined individuals. You know, our brains are hardwired to avoid pain and discomfort and to seek pleasure. So to the brain, to the mind, the status quo, the way things are right now are good. Don't mess with them. Don't just leave them alone. The problem with that is the only way we're going to grow, the only way we're going to get better, the only way we're going to improve is if we step outside those comfort zones and do things that make us uncomfortable. And, and I'll, I'll give, a I guess, a recommendation to your audience. I try to do this every day of my life. Just do one thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. 
one small thing that scares you, that makes you nervous, that's uncomfortable, that is potentially embarrassing. Because if you do those small things every day, when the big things in life hit, and they hit all of us, we lose somebody close to us, we lose our job, we're living out of our car, we've all heard the stories. If we do those small things every day, we'll be so much more resilient when the big things in life hit. So that's number two. Number three is more of a legacy truth. And it's this, what you leave behind is what you weave in the hearts of other people. And I remember when uh, I initially had cancer and, and I ended up having my leg amputated and I found out I had tumors in my lungs. And I went with my wife to the mortuary and to the cemetery and to the church and I planned my funeral. And because I, I speak on the topic of motivation and mindset, and I, I guess on podcasts where I talk about that, I actually got some brushback from people who suggested that because I planned my funeral, that was in some way defeatist. And, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of looked at them like, well, the last time I checked, we're all going to die. I don't think anybody's working on a cure for life right now. You know, so so I, I, I remember I heard a, a Native American Blackfoot proverb years ago that I loved, and it went like this. When you were born, you cried and the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice. That's yeah, what that's I right. want. That's what I'm looking for. So that's yes. number three. And then number four is as long as you don't quit, you can never be defeated. And I think that's kind of self-explanatory. But the way that resonates with me is this. Someday my pain is going to end. Man, through surgery, Man, through some new medication, quite frankly, it man when I die. But if I quit, if I give up, if I give into pain, then pain will always be a part of my life. Yes. Yeah. Amen to everything you just said, my friend. I mean, it all aligns with my core values myself. Like I just, oh, like it all is beautiful. Um, I know personally when I step back and I look at minds, you you address like the mind and how it can control you. I can tell you right now, uh, daily, my mind is like, oh, well, I want to focus on the negative. And I mentally have to say, no, Lori, get into the positive aspect of this. How can it be better for you? How can you change the story is what I say. I love it. Change the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. My uh, previous business coach used to always tell me like, Lori, write a better story. You're the hero in it. Make you the hero in it. I mean, Terry Tucker, you are the hero of your story. I mean, it is gorgeous, beautiful to see you walking through all of these different experiences and none of them feeling good. And yet so many of them also being things that you forever can hold with you as, as just. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to experience changes. pain in our lives, you know, yes. and it doesn't have to be cancer pain or even any kind of an illness. You could, you know, break up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or not get the promotion at work that you think you deserve or, you know, get an offender better on the way to work. Whatever. Pain is inevitable. Suffering Suffering, on the other hand, that's optional. That's what you do with that pain. Do you take that pain and use it to make you a stronger and more determined individual? Or do you wallow in it and feel sorry for yourself and want other people to feel sorry for you? Life is a choice. Life isn't going to give you anything. Whatever you want in life, you got to figure out what that is, find it inside of you, bring it out, 
pull it out and work your butt off to get it. And even then, there's no guarantee that it's going to happen. Yeah, we tell our clients that every day right now with as turbulent as the real estate market is right now and how challenging it can be, especially with our buyers, right? There was such a huge housing crisis, as you're probably aware. Like our buyers, for sure, even in Colorado where you're currently at, I mean, you've been all over the place, but in Colorado, the market is on fire over there. We tell our buyers, only the brave come out and do it. And only the brave succeed in moving forward and actually getting that house because you're going to hear no after no, after no, after no, after no. And you're going to have heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. And even though we tell you don't get emotionally attached to it, you still get emotionally attached to it. You know, what has carried you through all of the no's that you've personally experienced in your life? I think three things, and, and I, I I have lists, as you can tell, you know, the, the four truths. It. These are what I call my three Fs, and they stand for faith, family, and friends. I, I've always had a very deep faith in God. And, and when I when I got cancer, people were like, well, well who do you blame? I'm like, well, what do you mean, who do I blame? It's like, well, you got to blame somebody. I mean, we're great as Americans of, you know, starting down a road towards a path to our goals, and then we run up against an impediment, and we quit. But we just don't quit. We, we got to blame somebody. We got to blame our mom and dad or, you know, our boss or our station in life. And people are like, who do you blame? I said, don't blame anybody. And then it switched, quickly turned to, well, you got to blame God. And I sort of joke. I don't think God got up on a Tuesday morning, checked his to-do list and said, Terry Tucker, cancer today. I don't think that, that that happened at all. But what I do believe is God gave me the strength to get through the things that I've been through. So faith is number one. Number two is family. I, I mean, and I, I told you, it's just my wife and I. And when I had my leg amputated and I found out I had these tumors in my lungs, my doctor wanted to put me on chemotherapy. And I asked him, I said, is it, is it going to save my life? He's like, eh, probably not, but it might buy you some more time. And I thought, well, I'm eight years into this fight. I really don't want to go through all that ugliness of chemotherapy to have the outcome be the exact same thing as if I didn't do it. I said, but I'll go back and talk to my family. So I go home and I start telling my wife and daughter and my daughter, she was in high school and this happened. And she was like, oh, okay, family meeting. I'm like, family meeting, there's three of us. It's not like we got a board here or something like that, you know? So, so we all end up going to the kitchen table and we sit around and we talk about our different perspectives of me having chemotherapy. And then my daughter's like, okay, let's take a vote. How many people want dad to have chemotherapy? And my wife and daughter raised their hand. I'm like, wait a minute, am I getting outvoted? For something I don't want to do. But I remembered back in the police academy when I, I, was, I was going through that and our defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring a photograph of the people we love the most to class. And as we were learning different techniques to defend ourselves, we were to look at that photograph because he reasoned you will fight harder for the people you love than you will fight for yourself. So I ended up taking chemotherapy, not because I wanted to, but because I love my family more than I love myself. So faith, family. And then the last one is friends. And I really think you find out who your friends are, you know, when you have cancer, when you have some kind of a terminal illness. And, and I guess I'll just, I'll leave it with this. And I've done this many times, is that when somebody's going in the hospital, even if it's for something good, like they have a baby or something, what do we always say? Hey, if you need anything, let me know. And, and, and that has driven me crazy. And I think that's the biggest cop out that I've learned during this. I'm sorry, I'm going to go have my leg amputated. I don't have time to figure out how you can help me. The same things you need to do at your house, you know, 
cut the grass, pick the kids up from school, go to the grocery store, take out the garbage are the same things I need to do. If you want to help me, if you love me, if you care about me, just get involved. Go ahead and do something. Don't sit on the sidelines and try to pretend you're, you know, that you're playing in the game. Yeah. I, Terry Tucker, I just think like that is so just what, I mean, beautiful because if you look at that then and you go back and you go like, look at all of these things. I mean, I wrote down just a list of six different things of opportunities you had in your life that you moved forward, you succeeded in, you've overcome. And all of those have created the story that you're now living and the the story you are now sharing forward with the world. So tell us more about the website and the book and all of these life experiences that you've brought together. Yeah, I mean, the, the website and the book were really, you know, I mean, there's kind of that old joke that says when we talk to God, it's called prayer. When God talks to us, it's called schizophrenia. So I, God has never spoken to me. Um, in, in any way. But I think what God does is he puts people in our path that make suggestions to us. And so the first one was my blog, Motivational Check. And, you know, people were like, you should, you should start a blog. I'm like, start a blog? I'm old. I can barely turn my cell phone on in the morning. What do you mean start a blog? And so I eventually got to the point where enough people started making this suggestion that I figured, oh, maybe I had a buck up here and say, oh, okay, maybe I ought to pay attention to this. And so I did. And I started my blog. It was four pages long initially. Honest to God, it took me four months to do that. I'm sure my 25-year-old daughter could have done it in about 15 minutes, but I had no idea what I was doing. So I had to learn. And then, oh, I don't understand that. I had to go check that out, come back, do a little more, learn. come back. And so it was just a process. And the same thing with the book. People kept making suggestions. You ought to write a book. You ought to write a book. And I was like, I'm not an author. What do you mean write a book? And really the book, the book is called Sustainable Excellence, The 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. And it was a, it was a book born out of two conversations I had. One was with a former uh, basketball player that I had coached in high school who had moved to Colorado where my wife and I live. And we had had dinner with her and her fiance one night. And I remember saying to her, you know, I'm really excited you're living close and I can watch you find and live your purpose. And she got real quiet for a while. And then she looked at me and she said, well, coach, what do you think my purpose is? I said, I have no idea what your purpose is, but that's what your life should be about. Finding the reason you were put on the face of this earth and living that reason. So that was one conversation. And then I had a young man reach out to me on social media and ask me what I thought were the most important things he should learn, not just to be successful in his job or in business, but to be successful in life. And I did want to give them the, you know, get up early, work hard, help others. Not that those aren't important. They are. But I wanted to see if I could go deeper with them. So I took some time and I wrote some notes. And eventually I had these 10 ideas, these 10 thoughts, these 10 principles. And so I sent them to them. And then I kind of stepped back and I was like, I mean, I got a life story that fits underneath this principle. Or I know somebody whose life emulates that principle. So literally during the three-month period, between the time I had my leg amputated and the time I started chemotherapy for the tumors in my lungs, I sat down at the computer every day while I was healing and I built stories. And they're real stories about real people underneath each of the principles. And that's how the book came to be. Uh, that's to me. So the idea of writing a book in my world is like, oh, that I don't have the time for that. And yet God gave you the perfect timing and place to share all those stories 
forward. I mean, who knew that all of that would come out of there? And yet you're still continuing to grow it and share it forward and impact lives for the better. I mean, I don't know anything else that's of greater purpose than that is to do what you said, right? What are you weaving into the world? I yeah, mean, look, you're weaving into the hearts of the people that you're with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at what you're doing. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So what do you, what are like your dreams? What do you aspire to continue through all of this? So the, the, the next thing that's come down the pike and I'm working on this right now, I'm, I'm uh, scheduled right now to go live on June 1st is a, is a, is a membership program loosely based on the book. I've had enough people that have read the book and, you know, hey, what about this? And what about that? And, and people were like, well, you should start a membership program. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want people to have to pay for this. I, I want to, I think it's my purpose in life now to, to give back, you know, as much goodness, positivity, motivation, love, whatever you want to call it. And, but enough people, again, you know, enough people got in my path that I'm like, oh, maybe I ought to pay attention to this. So I'm getting ready to start a membership program. That, that's kind of the more immediate thing. And then I'm thinking about another book because Sustainable Excellence was a book about success or how you can be successful in life. And success is what we do for us. And I think I'd like to write another book. I don't have a title yet, but, is, but it's about another word that begins with S, and that is significance. Significance is what we do for other people. Now, don't get me wrong. I think you can be successful and significant at the same time, but I think I'd like to write another book about how we can be significant in other people's lives, how we can serve. I've always believed that regardless of what we do for a living, regardless of what our station is in life, that our job here is to serve, either serve our God if we believe in that, or to serve our fellow man. And so I, I think it's important to maybe, whether I get around to writing it or not, I, I don't know, we'll see with my health, but it's something else that I'm thinking about down the road. Oh, you're going to. God is not done with you yet, my friend. He's got plenty more for you to do. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I mean, I, I do realize right now you're you're going through so many medical circumstances personally right now. And of course, we'll be praying for you and your family on that end. Thank you. And yet you're still every day getting up and coming up with a new reason to live your best life today, every day. What a beautiful thing. If there is anything you can leave with the audience right now, what would be that thing that you would leave with them right now? Can I tell you a final story? Please do. So I've always been a, a big fan of Westerns growing up. My mom and dad used to let me stay up late and watch Gunsmoke and Bonanza, and my favorite was Wild Wild West. 1993, the movie Tombstone came out. It was a big blockbuster. It starred yes. Val Kilmer as a man by the name of John Doc Holliday and Kurt Russell as a man by the name of Wyatt Earp. Now, Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp were two living, breathing human beings who walked on the face of the earth. They're not made up characters just for the movie. And Doc was called Doc because he was a dentist by trade, but pretty much Doc Holliday was a gunslinger and a card shark. And Wyatt Earp, his entire adult life, had pretty much been a lawman. So these two guys, these two men from entirely divergent backgrounds somehow come together and form this very close friendship. And at the end of the movie, Doc Holliday is dying at a sanitarium in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, which is about three hours 
from where I live. The real Doc Holliday died in that sanitarium and he's buried in the Glenwood Springs Cemetery. And Wyatt at this point in his life is destitute. He has no money, has no job, he has no prospects for a job. So every day he comes to play cards with Doc and the two men pass the time that way. And in this last scene, almost last scene in the movie, the two men are talking about what they want out of life. And Doc says, you know, I was in love with my cousin when I was younger, but she joined a convent over the affair, but she's all that I ever wanted. And then he looks at Wyatt and he says, what about you, Wyatt? What do you want? And Wyatt kind of nonchalantly says, I just want to lead a normal life. And Doc looks at him and says, there's no normal. There's just life. And get on with living yours. Laura, you and I probably know people out there, people who are listening to us, that are just sort of sitting back and saying, you know, when this happens, I'll have a normal life. Or when this occurs, I'll have a successful life. Or when this arises, I'll have a significant life. What I'd like to leave your audience with is this. Don't wait. Don't wait for life to come to you. Get out there. Find the reason you were put on the face of this earth. Use your unique gifts and talents and live that reason. Because if you do, at the end of your life, I'm going to promise you two things. Number one, you're going to be a whole lot happier. And number two, you're going to have a whole lot more peace in your heart. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm just touched by your, by all of your, your inspiration and your, your heart to just live like the biggest, strongest, happiest, healthiest life you can throughout all the circumstances that you're walking through. You said so much when you said, I don't want to do chemotherapy. And yet my family wants me to do chemotherapy. So I'm going to do it for them right? I know this rebellious little girl. What did I just tell you beforehand? I said, my basketball coach, who's on my Facebook, I said, my basketball coach in junior high cut me my high school year. So I was like, I'm out. I'm not playing anymore. This rebellious girl would probably tell my family like, tough luck. I'm not doing chemo for you guys. Right. And yet you said, no, my family, I'm remembering to experience this and fight for my family. Wow. Uh, blessed by you. Truly blessed by you. you. So thankful and grateful. Please, Terry, share with everyone, one, again, what the name of your book is. I know you can order it on Amazon. I just ordered it on Amazon Prime so that I have it tomorrow. And, um, and just share your web address and all of the details of where people can find you to stay in touch with you because they need sure. to. Thank you. So the, the book is called Sustainable Excellence, The Ten Principles to leading your uncommon and extraordinary life. And you can get that, yeah, as you mentioned, on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, uh, you know, on Apple iBooks, pretty much anywhere you can get a book online, you can get Sustainable Excellence. And then if you want to reach out to me, um, motivationalcheck.com is my site. You can leave me a message there. You can get access. I, I put up a thought for the day every day. And with that thought kind of comes a question to see maybe how you could apply that thought in your life. On Mondays, I put up the Monday morning motivational message, which is a, a video or a story. It's a, it's, it's a little bit longer, but uh, motivationalcheck.com. You can get my ac access to my social media sites, my book, all kinds of things you can get there as well. So motivationalcheck.com will get you to me. Yeah, I loved it. And even on his Facebook page, like as soon as I liked your Facebook page, it said, ask me a question like, what are you thinking? Or how can we help you today? Or something like that. And I was like, 
look at that. That's awesome. It was immediately interactive, which I love because I like want to be engaged. So I just love that your Facebook page showed up that way in my life because it represents who you are. You can tell that you are ready to just get up and you're ready to take on whatever is given to you and you're going to move it forward in the most positive story way you can. Just, ah, beautiful, beautiful. I am truly thankful and grateful for this short time that I had with you. I can't wait to read your book and share it forward with all of my audience and my guests and my clients and my family. And um, we, I just, we will continue to support you and share your information forward with everyone. I just comment, I just put it on my Facebook page too. So make sure you go to my Facebook page and make a little comment there so people can connect with your page. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Lori. I appreciate it very much. Oh my gosh. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Lori Alvarez and you've been listening to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. You can follow me and check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LoriAlvarez.net. And if you haven't clicked on that subscribe button, hit it now and let's boldly do life together.